0: On today's Belk on Business podcast, we're going to address what uh, generally receive uh, questions in regards to bookkeeping and record keeping requirements quite often. And uh, so hopefully uh, this will maybe answer a question that you may have and and hopefully uh, you'll find this uh, helpful. Uh, We have had through the years a number of times uh, people come to us and ask us, number one, am I required to keep a set of books? And, uh, and I will look at them, and I, I many times would just simply state that it depends. Uh, if you have a, a real business that is uh, actually monetizing, you're making money, yes, you need a set of books. Now, there are no exact requirements as far as how you need to keep your books. Now, if you're a Fortune 500 company, for example, or uh, running a large company that uh, that needs, uh, needs to have an audit or a financial review every year, you're going to want to keep your books in accordance to generally accepted accounting principles. But, um, but that's not a vast majority of, of businesses. And definitely, probably for most of my audience, if not all of my audience, that's not going to apply. But uh, there is a requirement, if you are going to be preparing tax returns, that you do keep a set of books that's actually functional. So there is no uh, requirement as to how you do keep your books, but you are required to keep books. Now, when I went through uh, college uh, nearly a quarter quarter of a century ago now, uh, uh, when we went through, we learned how to keep books on ledger sheets. And I think I may have been the last group to ever go through school that uh, that learned how to actually keep a ledger sheet. And I actually still have clients to this day that bring in literally paper ledger sheets. Uh, so they buy the, the big, huge pads and, and they, with, with pencil, uh, keep uh, keep the books on with, with pencil and, and ledger sheets. And that is perfectly fine. Uh, not generally the most efficient way to keep a book, but it is a way of keeping books. Uh, you have your debits and your credits. You know who you paid. You know the account that it belongs to the appropriate expense account, the appropriate bank account, uh, whatever the account uh, that's involved in the transaction, it's on the books, and you're able to take it and then develop uh, from there a, a profit and loss, a balance sheet, and be able to uh, prepare a tax return. So there isn't a requirement to how, uh, as to how you keep your books, but you are required to keep books. Now, of course, nowadays, uh, most people have moved to an electronic platform to keep their books. Now that does not mean because you're using a QuickBooks or a software like that that you actually have a good set of books. It's amazing the number of times that we'll, uh, we'll onboard a client and they will say, "Yes, I, you know, I, ha- I have a bookkeeper, and and uh, it may be somebody you know local that has a that, that maybe does books for people, or maybe they hire a VA to do their books." And we get their we get their books, and it's like, you know, what you might as well have not even bothered with uh, going this route. Um, You you basically have someone that really just kind of going through and just clicking, you know, enter transaction, enter transaction, and just kind of just using the software to guess where your transactions belong. And uh, and that's not going to be at all helpful. I want to mention that a statistic I read this last week that the average small business is going to spend $12,000 on bookkeeping uh, and payroll compliance every year. Now, uh, some people try to cut corners. They try to cut corners in bookkeeping cost, and guess what? You're going to probably pay that $12,000 uh, either on hiring someone that knows what they're doing to actually keep a set of books for you, or you're going to pay more in taxes, or you're going to lack efficiency, or even maybe the, the, the worst part of all that is you really don't know how well your, your business is actually doing because you have nothing to look at that you can truly rely upon uh, that can tell you, how is my business performing? so uh, um, so whether or not you're keeping a ledger sheet whether you're using some sort of software make sure that it's uh, that everything's being entered in properly that you're frequently reviewing uh, the the books that you're actually looking at your financial statements uh, that uh, if you need some outside help that they're being explained to you and, and so you know exactly what's going on in your business and you also can meet the requirements that the uh, that the IRS has uh, as to keeping a, a set of books now if you don't keep a set of books uh, there is a 20% accuracy penalty the IRS can charge you so if they come in and you have not kept a, a set of books and uh, and they basically you're gonna have to work through you know through receipts and and everything else and and they have to do all this work they're gonna look at you and they're gonna charge you a 20% accuracy penalty and, uh, and, and, of course, you don't want that to happen to you either. It's bad enough to have to go through that experience and then on the, on the back end uh, to get hit with an additional penalty because uh, you did not go through the process of keeping a set of books. So there is no requirement as to how you keep them, just there is a requirement there that you keep them. Um, uh, next, uh, is, uh, questions we get asked quite often is how long do I keep, need to keep my records? Now, as it, when it relates to tax returns themselves, and regardless if this is a, a state tax return, a federal tax return, a local property tax return, uh, whatever it is, uh, we strongly suggest that you keep a copy of that return plus your proof of mailing or proof of filing. Now, for, uh, for, uh, for most federal returns and most state returns now, uh, if you are using a tax professional, they're going to electronically file your return for you. Um, If you're doing them, if you're doing your personal returns yourself on TurboTax or something like that, uh, then, uh, you know, you would be electronically filing the returns. But whatever method you use, uh, make sure that you not only keep a copy of the return itself, but also proof of mailing. So if you mailed in the return, you mailed in the extension, whatever the case may be, make sure you keep the proof of mailing. Uh, So don't just mail it. Uh, send it in to where you're actually going to have a, uh, you can actually get a delivery confirmation, and then keep that on file along with a tax return. And I, my suggestion is you keep it indefinitely. Uh, it is uh, quite frequently, and, not, and more at the state level than at the federal level, they'll come back and, and state that they did not receive a return. And, uh, and they'll end up uh, um, literally uh, dissolving an entity because their tax return wasn't filed. Uh, but if we can go back and show that you know, the, ret- the return indeed was filed, whether it's electronically filed or paper filed, uh, then we're able to go back to them and, and be able to uh, address the matter accordingly. So make sure that you're keeping a copy of the return plus proof of mailing or proof of filing uh, and keep that indefinitely. Now, the supporting documents themselves, so the receipts, the paperwork, everything that goes beyond that, you'll want to keep uh, that paperwork for, uh, for three years from the filing date, okay? So whenever you actually file that return. So uh, we just finished up here in the, in the recent months, the 2019 tax returns. So if you filed your return and you paid the return by the 2019 filing uh, deadline, which would have been this year, uh, the middle of July, if you filed an extension, it would have been in October, uh, So, you would keep the return from three years from, uh, so if you're on an extension three years from the October uh, date, or two years from the time that you paid it. So, if you're on an installment agreement, for example, you're going to have to keep those records from three years uh, or two years past the last payment that you make if you're on an installment agreement. So either three years from the time that the return was filed or two years from the, uh, from the, uh, from the time that you actually made the final payment on that tax return, whichever is later. Employment tax returns, so we're talking about your federal 941s, your federal 940s, uh, your state quarterly returns, your state unemployment filings. Uh, you'll want to keep those, once again, uh, just like the, um, the your federal and state tax returns. Uh, you'll want to keep those returns along with proof of filing indefinitely. And then lastly, uh, the supporting documentation for payroll tax return computations. So uh, if, you're, if, you're keeping, uh, if you're keeping time sheets, you're keeping employee benefit uh, sheets, whatever it is that's going along with uh, however you're calculating your employee's pay, okay, uh, you'll want to keep that, uh, that documentation from four, for four years from the filing of the return. So it's three years for supporting documentation for your tax returns, but four years for the supporting documentation as it relates to payroll tax returns. So just a little bit of information here. Am I required to keep books? And then how long should I keep my paperwork? Hopefully this was of some help to you. And if it did bring you value, if you haven't subscribed already, I strongly encourage you to subscribe to the Belcon Business Podcast. Thank you much. Have a wonderful day.